don't know whether you've ever had anyone at work who um, always says that they can, always appears to do uh, something better than you. They always know how to do things better than anybody else. As if their job uh, wasn't enough, they insist on telling you and others how to do their job or your job better or how they would do it if they were you. It is one of the most, I think, annoying traits in the workplace, isn't it? In our Gospel today, Jesus, whose ministry has just begun with some teaching and some healing, turns up at the lakeside and does just that. He starts telling Simon, the fisherman, what to do. You can imagine that after a night of fishing and catching absolutely nothing, the prospect of going fishing again was not something that Peter wanted to contemplate. And nor did they want to hear someone telling them how to do their job. But of course, there's another purpose to this episode than just simple instructions about fishing, as we will see. Before we get to that part of the story, we see, as I said, Jesus continuing his ministry by Lake Gennesaret. Along the lake, uh, this is a longer lake near Capernaum, so Jesus hasn't travelled very far in his ministry at this stage. But alongside the shore of this lake, there's a sequence of steep inlets, I'm told. as like a zigzagging shoreline, each with a different uh, inlet offering a kind of natural amphitheatre, if you like. To this day, if you push a little from the shoreline, you can talk in a natural voice and be heard very clearly just because of the way uh, the landscape is designed. I've never visited Israel. I've had the privilege of visiting this particular uh, part of the world. But I have to say, Michael, who's training with us, is in Israel today as we speak. He's posted some stuff on Facebook, and he's having to, and he's enjoying some of the landscape, maybe even seeing this particular place as well. But this story is not just about Jesus teaching the crowds. The crowd actually soon disappears from view in this story, and then we have that lovely encounter between Jesus and Peter. And one of those encounters, individual encounters, that Jesus is so good at. So three things I want us to think about what what happens when Jesus calls us. The first thing uh, that happens when Jesus calls us is that he convinces us of his power. He gets Peter's attention, doesn't he? We also become, when Jesus calls us, I think, aware of our sinfulness. But also when Jesus calls us, he sends us out, never just to stay put So first of all, Jesus convinces us of his power. Jesus tells Peter to put out into deep water after he's finished teaching the crowds and let their nets down again for a catch. And of course we hear the story, they catch a boat full, two boats full even, of fish. If someone telling you how to do your job is annoying, then it's even more annoying when they end up being right. But Peter isn't annoyed at Jesus, of course. He's actually humbled by this revelation of Jesus' power. I wonder in our spiritual lives whether you have ever felt like Peter at the start of this encounter. When Peter says, Master, we've worked all night and we haven't caught anything. Whether you've ever felt, maybe not said that directly, but felt the same emotions, despondent about life. Maybe you feel like this in your work life. I've been working hard for years And I just can't see what difference my life makes. Or maybe in your spiritual life. I've been praying hard for something for a long time and haven't seen it come to fruition. See, the amazing thing in this story is that Jesus is able to accomplish in seconds what Peter and his crew 
aren't able to accomplish after a whole night's work. When Jesus shows up, he reveals his power to all. I've no doubt that when Peter started rowing out into deep waters, he was sceptical that Jesus could do anything, that they would catch anything. In fact, the nets that they were using were probably uh, kind of a very fine mesh that the fish would have been able to see in the day, which is why they were fishing at night time. These were nets that were just used at night time. So it was ridiculous that Jesus should suggest that they take those nets out uh, and uh, go fishing again. They surely wouldn't catch anything. So I'm sure Peter is sceptical. But Jesus wants to show Peter of what he is capable in order that he might get his attention and follow him. He reveals his power to him when he calls Peter and gets his attention. So first thing, when Jesus calls, he shows his power to us. When Jesus calls, we become aware of our sinfulness, like Peter. In fact, the thing that all three of our readings have in common this morning is the conviction that each of the characters in focus feel unworthy of the task to which they're being called. Isaiah has this amazing vision of heaven, and he's convinced that having seen God, he will now die. He says, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. There was a view in the Old Testament that if you saw God, that you would, uh, you would perish. And Isaiah is fearful of his life, unworthy of seeing God and being called by him. Or take Paul in our New Testament reading. Paul says, I am the least of all the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Paul feels unworthy of the gospel uh, that he, uh, he proclaims. And Peter too is humbled by his encounter with Jesus, also becoming aware of his sinfulness. The gospel says, when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. But instead of turning Peter away, Jesus comforts him with familiar words we have heard in our Christmas story so many times from the mouth of angels. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're in the presence of the Messiah, but it's okay. I've got a job for you to do. Jewish boys in this period of history would have been educated to a certain age, depending on their abilities, how clever they were. Those who didn't or weren't clever enough uh, to continue in their studies after a certain age went back to the family business to work with their father. We can assume that Peter, James and John were in that category, that they'd studied for a certain length of time, but they hadn't cut the mustard when it came uh, to their education. They weren't clever enough to continue in formal education, and so they'd returned to do their father's work. But a different sort of rabbi this day for Peter, James, and John would intervene in their lives and call them to follow him and offer them a different kind of education to a normal rabbi. It may be the case that when we come into the presence of God, we become aware of our own unworthiness to follow him, But this must not stop us from serving him. I once heard it said that guilt is a good indicator, but it's not a very good motivator. Guilt often points something out. Sometimes we do feel unworthy. But if we work from a place of guilt, then we'll just constantly try to please people and maybe please God with our work 
rather than just being humbly at serving him. So we often become aware of our sinfulness when we experience the call of God on our lives. So when God calls, he shows his power. When God calls, we often become aware of our sinfulness. But when Jesus calls us also, he sends us out like he sends Peter. Peter shares with many other characters in scripture an acceptance that he is unworthy or unprepared for the service of God. Isaiah and Paul in our readings today are good examples as we've heard. But there are plenty of others who felt unworthy to follow the call of God on their lives. And actually quite a lot of them showed that they were unworthy with the way that they lived their lives. But God still worked through them and used them. Those of us reading the Bible in a year will have been reading this week about the character of Abraham. Seeing him lie under various conditions. Under pressure that his wife would become someone else's wife. And lie about, her, lie about her to say that she was his sister rather than his wife. And Abraham and our characters today serve as a reminder that none of us are really worthy of serving God. But neither are we disqualified from serving God. Yes, we've all sinned. But we're also all called to serve his kingdom. It's right that we should be aware of our sin. But it's also right that we should take that sin to the only place that it can be dealt with. As Paul reminds us in the reading from Corinthians, Christ died for our sins. The only place we can deal with our guilt and sin is at the cross of Christ, which is why we so, well, every week we start with a confession before God, bringing the things that we are not proud of in our lives, things that we're ashamed of. We bring them to the cross and we can be assured of our forgiveness before him. And having been forgiven, we are then sent out to serve him. Like Peter, each of us is called to become fishers of people. I think I may have told you this story before, but whenever I um, get to this passage about uh, Jesus sending out Peter to be fishers of men, I'm reminded of a story from my childhood. I used to do a lot of fishing when I was younger, uh, up and down the uh, the canal down in Chorley. And uh, one sunny afternoon, I was fishing with my friend. We used to sit quite close together. Uh, And where we were, there was always uh, trees hanging over us. And so we often used to get our uh, fishing lines caught in the trees. And uh, one afternoon, I cast out my my rod to to catch some fish. And I thought I'd got my uh, hook stuck in a tree. And I was yanking away at uh, the the rod, trying to get the the hook out of the tree. Uh, Unbeknownst to me, I hadn't caught a tree. I'd caught the cheek of my friend. And as I was pulling harder and harder, he was screaming louder and louder. I thought he was encouraging me to get get it out of the tree. He was encouraging me to stop pulling his face apart. Um, I eventually stopped and um, we got uh, another fisherman just further down the canal uh, to come and help us out. And uh, he managed to get the hook out and all was well. He wasn't damaged at all. But I'm always reminded of that, that we're called to catch people, but not maybe not like I was. Um, hopefully not like I was doing on that particular day. But certainly we're called to go and spread the gospel amongst other people. The General Synod in the Church of England is prioritising in its next meeting uh, and over the next year discussion on evangelism. And I was interested to read in the Church Times this week 
that if one person in every 50 from our regular attendees, they weren't just talking about St. John's Church, they were talking about the whole of the Church of England, but if one person in every 50 from our church attendants um, invited one other person to church or a church event, and they subsequently started attending, that we would reverse the present decline in the Church of England. Currently we are uh, experiencing 16,000 people a decrease in the numbers of 16,000 people every year. If every one person in 50 invited someone to church, we would offset that by 14,000. So we would uh, increase the numbers of people coming to church by 14,000. Our average attendance here at St. John's is just over 50 people. We average 52 people. So if one of us invites someone to church or to a church event and they subsequently start coming to church, then we will have done our little bit in the wider Church of England. But that's a challenge to all of us. I'm not, I'm not just saying who's going to be the one that invites someone to church. Our encouragement from our gospel this morning is like Jesus, to obey, uh, to obey Jesus like Peter did, to be sent out by him to become fishers of people. So often when Jesus calls, we become aware of his power. But then in the midst of that power and uh, the calling, we can often become aware of our sinfulness. But we mustn't let that sinfulness uh, discount us from following him and disqualify us from serving his kingdom. Because Jesus always sends out his people. Whenever we gather for Sunday worship, we always say that prayer at the very end. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. So as we pray that this morning, we have in our hearts uh, the desire to go out, like Peter, to obey Jesus' call and fish for people. Let us pray. Father, may these words penetrate our hearts this morning. Help us to obey your call, to go out into your world, to serve your kingdom, and to call others to the gospel of Christ. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen.